1: CT Baseboard Management Controllers are caught with their pants down. A warning on Chrome Loader, Conti updates, Ransomware's effect on SpiceJet. CIS's known exploited vulnerabilities catalog expands again. Keeve honors Google. Josh Ray from Accenture reminds us it's Military Appreciation Month. Our guest is Melissa Bishoping from Tanium with lessons learned from the American Dental Association ransomware attack. And a poacher turned gatekeeper. Cyberwire Studios at Datatribe. I'm Dave Bittner with your Cyberwire summary for Thursday, May 26, 2022. Eclipsium this morning published research into the susceptibility of quanta cloud technology servers to exploitation via the pants-down baseboard management controller flaw. This vulnerability can provide an attacker with full control over the server, including the ability to propagate ransomware, stealthily steal data, or disable the BMC or the server itself. Additionally, by gaining code execution in the BMC, attackers could steal the BMC credentials, which could allow the attack to spread to other servers in the same IPMI group. Patches are expected soon, and Eclipsium notes that the most recent versions of affected QCT products have a secure boot capability that should serve to mitigate risk in the meantime. Eclipsium's executive summary offers some useful reflections on the business implications of moving to the cloud and of the security issues one needs to remain aware of in doing so. Cloud services are still susceptible to firmware issues that arise in their hardware. Red Canary researchers describe Chrome Loader, a browser hijacker that modifies browser settings and redirects victims to advertisement websites. The malware is hidden inside what appears as a cracked video game or pirated movie or TV show. The malware uses PowerShell to inject itself into the browser and adds a malicious extension to it, which can be seen in PowerShell. And this is how, Red Canary explains, Chrome Loader was discovered. The PowerShell script allows for other malware to come in undetected and gain a hold on personal browser information. The Conti ransomware gang may have splintered, perhaps acting on the old corporate raider or dissident shareholder premise that a business can unlock value by breaking itself up. Loop suggests as much with its headline, Is the Conti ransomware gang stronger apart than together? But Conti data dumps have continued. The record reports that the gang, or a part of it, or a reorganizing successor, has published all of the data it stole during a January attack on the government servers of Linn County, Oregon. The BBC reports that Indian airline Spicejet reports that it's been able to restore its affected IT systems and that flights, whose delays had continued into yesterday, were now operating normally. The Lodestar reports, however, that passenger complaints continue and that disruption to operations also affected the airline's freight unit. Disgruntled passengers suggest that corporate communications should play an important role in incident response. CNBC discusses lessons others might learn from the incident and notes that even a partially successful ransomware attempt can have a very bad effect on a business. Feds take note. The U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency yesterday added 34 more vulnerabilities to its known exploited vulnerabilities catalog, bringing the total of new entries for this week to 75. U.S. federal civilian executive agencies are expected to scan for and fix the vulnerabilities and to report completion by June 15th. Things are relatively quiet on the cyber front of Russia's hybrid war in Ukraine, although the Ukrainian government has honored Google's assistance with cybersecurity and IT generally with Kyiv's first Peace Prize. Ukraine's government has honored Google for the assistance the company has rendered to Ukraine during Russia's invasion. The award was presented at Davos by Vice Prime Minister and Minister of Digital Transformation Mikhailo Fedorov when he met with Google's vice president for government affairs and public policy, Karan Bataille, at the World Economic Forum. Fedorov said, From February 24th, a new history began not only for Ukraine, but also for the global community. The world is changing. The old system no longer works. Everyone should express a clear position whom they support. With this award, we are pleased to emphasize that Google is a great friend of Ukraine— Literally from the first days of the war, you began to help us on the information front, with many business initiatives and, most importantly, humanitarian support for our citizens. He drew particular attention not only to Google and Google-inspired donations to Ukraine, which have amounted to some $45 million, but also to Google's actions against Russian interests. Google's bataille was appreciative and said, The war in Ukraine and resulting humanitarian crisis is devastating. From the beginning of the war, we've sought to help however we can. We've committed over $45 million to humanitarian support and worked to ensure our tools are being as helpful as they can be, providing trustworthy information and fighting against cyber attacks. We're humbled and honored that our work has been recognized with this special peace prize from Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky. We will continue to work with the Ukrainian government to provide more support for as long as we are needed. And finally, there's a story that hints at the possibility of atonement and redemption after a career in crime, even when the larceny is grand. And grand it was in this case. An AFP story published in France 24 tells the story of Go Min Hu, a Vietnamese national who was convicted in the U.S. of the theft and sale of personal information. Secret Service agent Matt O'Neill, who executed the plan to catch Hugh, told Krebs on Security in 2020, I don't know of any other cyber criminal who has caused more material financial harm to more Americans than Goh. He served a term of seven years in U.S. prison and has now returned to Ho Chi Minh City, where he works on security research and education. Goh says he hopes to educate Vietnamese on the threat of criminals like the criminal he used to be. He earned millions illicitly and, of course, lost it. But Go now lives quietly and modestly. He conducts, he says, non-political research into cybercrime. We hope he'll be able to work honestly without undue co-option by his country's regime. Best of luck to him, and we hope reform works out for him. The American Dental Association recently found itself the unfortunate victim of a ransomware attack, one of many organizations that got hit by the Black Basta Threat Group. The incident shines a light on the strong possibility of there being secondhand victims. For insights on this, I spoke with Melissa Bishoping, director and endpoint research specialist at Tanium.
0: So, you know, Black Basta really emerged into the field uh, in April of 2022. So, relatively a new player by name. Uh, the ADA breach particularly being one of the first high-profile uh, attacks that they've claimed of the dozen or so that they've done. Hmm. Um, this is, you know, it's a new name. However, we're seeing a lot of similarities to Conti. Uh, and so, I, I don't trade in speculation or, or rumors Uh, There are some technical characteristics and just sort of their style of operations that suggest they may be doing copycat behavior. They could be another threat actor attempting to sort of eschew attribution or misdirect research, or they could be a rebrand. Uh, We don't entirely know yet, but we do know that some of the tactics and techniques are very similar. And so, therefore, some of the mitigating factors are going to be uh, the same best practices.
1: Well, let's dig into some of those tactics and techniques, and, and then we'll we'll touch on some of the things folks should do to mitigate. Uh, what are they up to?
0: So, with this specific blockbuster ransomware, you know the, they're going to have the entire attack chain that that leads up to the actual execution. Right, uh, the execution of the ransomware itself is something that is done once they have administrative privileges on the machine, and. They're going to go through looking to corrupt your ability to restore from backups. Uh, They're also doing a lot of data exfiltration, and that's one of the things I really want to zero in on here. This is an emerging trend that we've seen over 2019, 2020, and and still continuing now into 2022, is the data theft and exfiltration before encryption. Um, You'll hear it referred to often as the double extortion or triple extortion, or in some cases, quad extortion (laughs) ransomware, uh, to be able to maximize their return on investment and their opportunity for profit.
1: So, in terms of of protection here, uh, what should folks be doing?
0: Well, so twofold. One, you know, the same ransomware best practices that we've been talking about for years still apply. This is your security hygiene, uh, your patch management, multi-factor authentication wherever possible, reducing the likelihood of credential reuse, and those are just really good security practices overall. Uh, but in addition to protecting yourself, you also need to be aware of the threat landscape as these double and triple extortion uh, threat actors may affect businesses that you do business with or that you're a customer of. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, in the market of dental and healthcare, care and someone like the ADA gets breached, uh, have you done the proactive hygiene and security that would keep you safe in the event that some of your data was what was stolen?
1: So, I mean, it really, is, it's almost a mindset kind of thing of of uh, being sure to think beyond your own organization.
0: Absolutely. You know, I, I talk to a lot of security leaders who, when any, you know, high-profile, well-connected organization is attacked, they immediately are asking, am I next? Does this affect me? Do we have systems that are connected? And so I think it's important to prioritize staying informed uh, when s- situations like this happen. There's... A lot of speculation, and sometimes it's even well-intended speculation about what happened or who might be next. Um, but prioritize connecting with the official channels. And you know, the incident responders who work on these issues are going to be reaching out and, and providing timely information wherever possible, but also sort of do a self-assessment of what is the likelihood that maybe an employee signed up for a service using their work account that may be connected to this because we're in an adjacent industry. Um, The bottom line is avoid the speculation and fear-mongering in the fallout of an attack, stay informed through the official communications, and then proactively uh, educate your employees about fallout social engineering tactics and do some proactive password resets as well.
1: You know, whenever we talk about ransomware, of course, lateral movement is a concern. What things would you like to highlight when it comes to that?
0: Sure. Uh, I sort of touched on this in one of my earlier statements. You may have something as simple as uh, shared logins or you may have credentials that have been reused. And while those systems aren't traditional lateral movement, um, if if your employees are reusing those credentials, that offers now a potential for them to move into your environment because you've given them that, that access. So uh, avoid creating that connection wherever possible. In addition, some systems may have a direct connection. Uh, again, this is, let's abstract it from the ADA specifically, but if an organization gets breached that you have payment systems connected to or that you share databases with, uh, you need to be aware of where that connection exists and uh, have that well-documented and monitored for security.
1: What are the take-homes here? I mean, when, when you look at the situation here, the, as how the, the ADA got hit and, and this particular ransomware group, What's the message you'd like people to take away from this?
0: Absolutely. So in the wake of these kind of attacks, people say, well, what can we do to prevent this? How can we stop this next time? What do we do? Um, There's never going to be a silver bullet to 100% prevention of things like ransomware attacks. So much like uh, the medical industry and the dental industry, you can do some really great preventative measures that are, you know, we, we have researched these and we know that they're effective in preventing cavities, just like we know that there's certain things you can do that will prevent your exposure to uh, ransomware attacks. However, you need to be layering that with improving your time to detect and respond uh, and creating efficiency for your teams to be able to contain that blast radius and reduce the damage. So... You know, with every ransomware headline, the same fears emerge. It's important to note, though, that doing credential hygiene, asset visibility, you know, patch management, all of these are highly effective at reducing your blast radius and giving you time to go improve your detection and remediation skills.
1: That's Melissa Bishoping from Tanium. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And joining me once again is Josh Ray. He is Managing Director and Global Cyber Defense Lead at Accenture Security. Uh, Josh, always great to welcome you back to the show. Uh, we are winding down, uh, military appreciation month here, uh, the month of May. Um, I know this is a, a topic that's kind of near and dear to your heart making sure that we're reaching out and including, uh, folks, former military folks, uh, providing those opportunities for them in the cybersecurity world.
2: Yeah, David, it is a, it is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And, you know, every year, approximately 200,000 men and women leave U.S. military service and, and return to life as civilians. Uh, and many of these veterans have years of professional training and real world experience and, you know, IT and, and cybersecurity. And, uh, you know, they are leaving service, uh, you know, with these valuable cybersecurity skills that are very much in demand. Uh, and then veterans from all military branches and, and career fields they bring a wealth of of skills and attributes to the table, as you know, and these characteristics, you know, can include um, you know strong leadership and, and teamwork, um, high degree of integrity, uh, and also, you know, I think especially in this field, maintaining composure under pressure uh, is key. Hmm.
1: Is there a bit of a, a culture shock that that folks sometimes have when they're coming out of the military and, and heading into private industry and? You know, as employers, are there things that we can do to help that transition?
2: Yeah, that there is definitely a, a decalcification effect that uh, that occurs, you know, anytime um, you're looking to uh, transition from, say, public sector or, you know, a, a branch of the military. So, you know, I reached out to a lot of our vets um, that work at Accenture Security, and we kind of distilled things down to um, four ways to kind of get started In this career in in cybersecurity. And and first is really around finding your new mission uh, and and niche. Um, So familiarizing yourself with the many positions within the cybersecurity field, right? So don't just limit yourself maybe to what you have direct experience in, and that might be a good foot in the door, but you can visit places like the National Institute for Cybersecurity Careers and Studies to learn more about different career paths. We also recommend you know, even though um, certification is, is, is not always just a single thing that you need to get a job, it helps make yourself a little bit more recognized to uh, employers and helps kind of get past that first stage of, uh, of review of, say, a resume. It makes you a little bit more marketable and, and it also will help, you know, expanding your, your, your skill set by maybe rounding yourself out. Um, So getting that certification is, is, uh, is useful. Mm -hmm. The next two around uh, really around just, you know, kind of finding a, a mentor and building your brand. So, you know, finding a mentor that can help guide your, you know, your, your search, don't be afraid to use your network, your existing network. I mean, the, the military network is extremely powerful and friends and associates to, to really help you meet people and, that are already working in the cybersecurity field, and then lastly, it's really around building your brand. Right, you need to be able to speak to recruiters who maybe don't have military uh, experience and explain your qualifications and your experience in a way that is relevant and kind of very specific to uh, not only the jobs that you might be interested in, but people that don't have that jargon or understanding of you know of that military lingo. I'd say the last thing is about really just finding the right company, right, with the right values. That's important to um, to you personally, and has a mission. And I think, you know, being a vet and and you know still wanting to be of service to kind of a a, a new uh, a new set of stakeholders is incredibly important to to many of us. Um, and there is a way to do that within the commercial sector. Um, but you know it's really about finding the right company that aligns to you know your own kind of personal personal ambitions and, and something that's going to further your career in, in that light.
1: All right, well, good advice as always. Josh Ray, thanks for joining us. And that's the Cyberwire. Our amazing Cyberwire team is Rachel Gelfin, Liz Irvin, Elliot Peltzman, Trey Hester, Brandon Karp, Eliana White, Peru Prakash, Justin Sabi, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Balecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpe, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. That's cyberwire.com slash survey, and share your feedback now. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations.